he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith, Intercom Studios, back out on the road, and I got my dog with me, GB. Greg Biggins, how you feel? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Woo. I'm feeling good. Hey, man. We got our, we got kind of back in the swing of things a little bit. Yeah, back in the swing. Had a little hiatus. I did. You loved it, huh? No, no, I did. You loved going solo. No, I did, man. You're my partner in crime on the show. You already thought you were doing a solo show, even with me as a sidekick. No, no, man. I'm not, I'm not the Michael Jackson of the deal, man. I like to do things as a team, and you are definitely my partner. You're my Tito to my Michael. Jermaine, maybe. Anybody but Tito. (laughs) For whatever reason, he just didn't strike me as being a, a... a legitimate Jackson, but whatever. No, he's all good. But hey, we're back, man. Season two of the Transparent Truth. Season two. It sounds it sounds weird. It does sound weird. Kind of after six months. Has it been six months? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I think we started in August or late July. Sounds think, about right. Yeah, I think July. And so uh, I think that's six months. I'm not good with math, but it's season two. Season two. And uh, recruiting. Has absolutely blown up. I know you've been busy. Your phone's going off every two minutes, really every two seconds. Coaches calling, players calling, Twitter tweeting, DMs going crazy. So we're going to talk a lot and a lot of recruiting on today's show. I'm so happy my guy is back in studio. We got a sleeper of the week who was actually playing out here in the city section, but has now moved and transferred up north. And fresh off the <laughs> fresh off the press, we see we have a new coaching hire at Servite. Yeah. GB, yeah. So I guess we'll talk about that fr- on, for Friday's show. Right? Sure. But we'll drop a little teaser. Looks like uh, Eric Sonhammer just tweeted that Troy Thomas is going back to Servite. I like it. One of my favorite guys. I love Troy Thomas. There was a rumor a couple of weeks ago about Troy joining forces with Mike Machete from La Mirada. Mike would be the OC. I don't know if that's true. I talked to Mike for, for a little bit. He said he hadn't had any contact with Troy. Yeah. But uh, that'd be a fun little dynamic duo. Oh, right a there. Di- very dynamic duo. That, that we'll sounds that very Friday show. Right? Yeah, yeah. Friday, Friday show, show we'll we're talking, talking about transfers. Have there been any transfers in the last month or so? One or two. Maybe one or two. One or two. We'll be talking about that yeah. where kids are refer- resurfacing, coaches are resurfacing, right? With There's all types of coaching movement out there. I saw a stat the other day. And I guess it's 60 something coaching positions that are available wow. right now in the wow. southern section. So you Any know, jobs a, in the city section opening up too? You know what? I don't know. It's a good question. There's got to be a couple. I know the Dorsey job is open. Dorsey, wonder who that's they're gonna in, get. That's an intriguing job. That is a that is a gold mine right there. Sleeping giant. I don't know, man. We'll see. You just need the right coach to get in there who believes that he can do something with that place and just is is ready to go. Hey, man. Let me tell you, season two is gonna be so so special. We got some fantastic guests. Uh, for you on the show today, but we'll leave that to a little later on in the show. But just very, very excited to be back in the studios, Intercom, showing a lot of love, sit and sleep, continue to be our sponsors. We're very, very excited about some new opportunities for sponsorships coming up later on in the season. But before we get to any recruiting, GB, we need to talk about our Sleeper of the Week. 
Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Our Sleeper of the Week, sponsored by Sit and Sleep, Makai Polk, formerly of Dorsey High School, a safety, 6'3", 180 pounds, just transferred recently to El Cerrito High School hmm. in Northern California, hmm. plays for TMP, my guy Terrence Leonard, yep. TMP Elite. Makai Polk, a 6'3 safety, long, athletic, rangy, very good ball skills, aggressive attacker downhill in the alleyways, needs to get a little bigger, needs to get a little bigger, needs to get a little stronger, help him become more physical, but I like his upside. He can make plays on the football. He's got terrific reactions, got ball skills and instincts. I like his potential. I think he's a Division One player. Do you know this kid personally? I do not know him personally, but did get a chance to do his evaluation recently. He's very, very he, – he's, he's a clean defensive back. His feet are clean. His movements are smooth. He just needs an offseason of work in terms of strength, explosiveness, quickness and change of direction, speed. I think once he improves a tad bit in each one of those areas, he's going to be a high-level recruit. I was just curious about the move from from – you know, usually if you, you know, Dorsey to, I thought you were going to say to Bosco or yeah. Modern Day or yeah. where, but he's going all the way to Northern so, California. Yeah, I, What's the connection out yeah, there? Yeah, so I am familiar kind of with his situation. Uh, his family moved down here for a particular reason. Uh, there was a death in the family or somebody is sick in the family, so they had to move back up north. Um, he They had already moved back up north, but he was living down here with his grandmother to finish out the first semester. His parents were up back up north. Now he's back with his parents up north going to El Cerrito and not going to Dorsey. Okay. So, uh, big loss for Dorsey because yeah. the kid's. A big, I think he's a really good football player, and I think he's got a chance to be really, really good with some offseason improvements. And, uh, yeah, he's our since sleep sleeper of the week. So congratulations, Makai Polk. Congratulations. El Cerrito High School. GB, we're talking recruiting. Yeah, a lot of recruiting, huh? And as, every, as, as we know – and everybody should know across the country, nobody works as hard and nobody is as good as Greg Biggins in terms of being a recruiting. Well, that's not I don't true. even know if that's I call you true. a guru, GB. You know what I got to call it? A recruiting goat. <laughs> a recruiting goat, man. You are the man in the recruiting business. I know you got a lot on your plate that you want to share. I can't wait to hear everything and add my two cents. But let's go ahead and get started. Start us from the top. Yeah, so we'll talk about kind of some recent commitments, and then we'll just dig in deep to who's left on the board. There's about 20 to 25 legitimate guys uh, out west and mostly from the Southern California area that are still out there with decisions to come. Remember, it's going to be signing day a week from today. We're taping Tuesday, but the show's going to air Wednesday, so next Wednesday, February 7th. But uh, the most recent commitment was, was last night. 
Isaiah Crocker, Intercom High School, also plays for our guy Coach T's TMP team. Trying to get Isaiah on the show today. Yeah. Isaiah, if you're out there, man. You're supposed to look you're, out, You're supposed Zay. to be calling me right now. Yeah. But he committed to Oregon. Uh, real tough, tough decision for him. I know it came down to Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, he loved Oregon State. And as we talked about in the car drive up here, you know, Oregon State really was the school that I, I thought can, recruited him probably harder, more consistently yeah. than anyone else. Uh, he's got some friends up in that program. But Oregon was his last visit. He visited officially this past weekend. Mike Johnson, the receiver coach, did a really nice job with, with Isaiah. And uh, the kid just kind of you know fell in love with the school. He had been there a few times before unofficially. And Oregon was able to kind of come in. I don't want to say come in late because they'd always, already, you know, always been there. But uh, they were able to seal the deal over the weekend. And for me, I think you know, the guy is rated in our top 24-7. I think he's an underrated prospect. No, we're not talking about him as much as we. I think we probably should. I mean, just in terms of just watching the guy in, in seven on seven, no one made more highlight reel circus catches. The guy's body control is really off the charts. Got a little Lynn Swan to him, and just he always wins those 50-50 jump balls. His timing, anticipation. You usually hit that for the quarterback. How many times? But as a receiver, man, he's really special in those jump ball situations. Uh, I think he's got some some sneaky athleticism. I know. What do you think about Isaiah Crocker? Yeah, I, you know, I saw Isaiah. You know, I've seen him on tape. I saw him at a couple of camps, a couple seven on seven tournaments. Um, I don't even know if I if I call it sneaky, Greg. To me, he's smooth but explosive. Like you said, his body control is phenomenal. He can elevate, track, concentrate, and pull in 50-50 balls. The easy catch, the contested catch, whatever the case may be. Isaiah Crocker is an elite level wide receiver for me. I love it. He can play in the slot. He can play out wide. He can get off press. He can step on the DB's toes and off coverage. He can run past you. He can change direction and create separation. And I think he's an elite route runner. He's got soft hands. And he's not, you know, his kid's not 5'9". Isaiah Crocker. No, he's 6'1". Yeah, he's a legit 6'1". Yeah. Uh, and he's got a long wingspan. No, so Extremely. Uh, I compared him, doing his evaluation, I compared him to... Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. I thought that was valid. Chad was a guy who was smooth but explosive, had that quickness in and out of break. So, uh, like you said, Mike Johnson doing a nice job at Oregon, reeling him in. Oregon State, we thought had kind of had the lead, but Oregon comes in and pulls in one of the top wide receiver prospects out west. Yeah, so staying with Oregon for a second, uh, Jalen Hall finally committed there. We thought that was going to happen for weeks. He took his official visit and uh, – then he visited Florida State. You know, Willie Taggart, obviously, was the connection there. Uh, Jalen took his official visit to Oregon when Taggart was the head coach at Oregon. And once Coach Taggart went to Florida State, he tripped uh, Jalen Hall, Jaylen Hall in two weeks ago. But his heart was definitely at Oregon, and, and there were so many pluses for him there. Uh, Hall and his whole family are pretty close with Dante Williams, who's now the DB coach over at Oregon. They felt that connection that Dante's going to kind of always look out for them and take care of them. You know, early playing time. Oregon doesn't have a lot of receivers. They want to bring in four or five guys. Sure. Uh, Jaden has a chance to graduate early as well, get in there in March. You know, Jaden's uh, a guy that we talked, talked a lot about this year. And obviously, uh, as a sophomore, he was probably the number one receiver I had seen that year. And I don't know if his game has progressed since then. He still has that great athletic body. Um, just want to see him get, you know, bigger, stronger. Um, separation, a um, little more physical. 
You know, as mentioned, Crocker winning those 50-50 jump balls. You know, Jalen was dominant as a sophomore winning, those, winning all the 50-50 jump balls. Agreed. Uh, just hasn't been able to get that. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I know you mentioned early in the year he just doesn't look like he's a confident player. Yeah. But uh, I, I think what Jalen needs is that, that eye of the tiger. Go watch Rocky Three. Go watch that yeah, movie. You're absolutely right. I think you're it's right. It's one of the best movies of all time. In fact, we should do a whole segment on Rocky Three. Pain. Oh, every dude that just gets my blood get going, going, man. Yeah, Clubber Lang. Are you yeah, kidding Clubber me? Lang was the man. Yeah. No, I want to see Jay. I want to look him in the. I just want to see that eye, the tiger in his eyes, that hunger, that because yeah. he's got a great body still, you know. No question. And uh, I, I still think he's got a, a lot of natural talent. Hopefully, Mike Johnson uh, can kind of bring that out of him. Mike, first of all. Mike Johnson's a great coach. Guy recruited me out of high school when he was at Oregon State as the quarterback's coach. And great coach, has a great feel for players, has that emotional intelligence, Greg, mm-hmm. when you know kids come in and they're feeling away or they're down about something. He has a way to tap in, recognize that, and kind of adjust his plan to fit that kid in terms of development. So I think it's a great fit between Mike Johnson and Jalen Hall. On the flip side of that, Jalen Hall, I saw him as an eighth grader. I thought he was the mm-hmm. best eighth grade player I had ever seen in my life. Ninth grade, tenth grade, I thought the same. Again, he's had some off the field issues. Mm-hmm. I think some personal issues with his family, and maybe has affected his play a little bit. Like we said about, like I said about Crocker, and you said as well, that ability to create separation with that quickness or that speed is a that's very, very important and really. It's the difference between winning and losing on a route, creating that separation. Because if you have to catch contested balls every time, you're not going to be a great wide receiver. You've got to create that separation where you can catch the ball cleanly and be able to create some some rack, right? So some some run after the catch. So Jalen Hall, great fit with Mike Johnson in Oregon. They're going to spread it out, hopefully get him some one-on-one matchups, develop him as a route runner, develop that confidence. Hopefully he goes on to have a great career in Eugene. Yeah, because he is a good kid. And you mentioned off the field issue. Just it's important to clarify, not with him. No, he's never with had his family. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, he's you know he he's seen some stuff that I, I think your normal you know seventeen kid year old kid shouldn't have to see. So right. he's kind of been through some stuff that I think took away maybe his love for the game. But uh, the ability is still there. And I know we're both rooting for him pretty big time. Let's stay with the receiver theme. How about this? Was a I don't want to say it's an upset because the Ohio State doesn't upset anybody. No, kidding me? But they came out west and grabbed Chris Olave from Mission Hills uh, away from uh, Utah, UCLA, and USC. Those were kind of his final four, but it really came down to UCLA and Ohio State. He took a visit to UCLA. That was his last official visit. I talked to him, and I really thought UCLA had a chance. Yeah. You know, he mentioned that growing up, man, he loved Oregon because of Chip Kelly, that offense. Uh, obviously, UCLA has a dearth of receivers yeah. right now. They're going to break, like Mitch, Oregon. Usually wants to bring in four or five this year, too. Uh, so he loved the early playing time, the location, the academics. But he told me after he came into Ohio State, I go, man, were you, were you ever kind of waffling a little bit? He goes, no, it was always Ohio State for me. He goes, they took that visit, I think, back in, like, gosh, it was October? Yeah. Maybe even September. It took it a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember. And ever since then, it's been Ohio State. And, and here's the crazy thing, that the power of Ohio State and Urban Meyer and other than Alabama, no one recruits like Ohio State. They're a machine. They know what they're doing. They have a system in place. Their coaches are unbelievable when it comes to it. But I don't think they even really prioritized Chris leading up to that early signing period. But they are so good that Chris didn't even knew that. 
And that's when you know you're a good staff. You can kind of slow play one kid and maybe push hard for another guy, go full court press, but you still want to keep this guy warm. Yeah. They were able to keep him warm without him even really knowing. And then once the early signing period ended, they didn't get all their guys that they thought. They went full bore. Yeah. They're calling the family. They're calling the brothers. They're calling the, you know, the coach. They went all in, and uh, that really sealed the deal. So Chris Olave going to the Ohio State University. It's a nice pickup for them. You know, you just took me back, GB. When you were talking about Ohio State and that recruiting machine and how they can slow play one and go after another and have put one on hold. Kind of reminds me of myself back in the day when I was in my early 20s before I met my wife. Uh-huh. When I was kind of playing the field. You did that, huh? A little bit. I, you don't strike me as a, as a player of the field. You kind of just seemed like you were waiting for that one special girl to come well, out. Well, I, I wasn't waiting for it, but yeah. when it happened, I was ready. Yeah. But in the meantime, in between time, I had to kind of do what I had to do to make sure I enjoyed life. Okay. So, it, it, you know, Ohio State recruiting machine, Coach Keefe recruiting machine, kind of the same deal. You know what I mean? You're cut from the same cloth. Might be the first time Coach Keith and Ohio State ever mentioned the same sentence. I don't know, but let me tell you about Chris Olave. <laughs> let's do. Let's do that. I like Olave. <laughs> um, I like him, but I don't know if I, Ohio State like him, Greg. I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay, I know I'm kind of looked at as kind of a, a, a hard evaluator, a guy that's you know not always gonna say the the nicest things about kids. That's okay with me. I've watched Olave. I like Olave. I watched his tape. I like his tape. I don't know if I Ohio State like his tape. I don't know if he's an Ohio State receiver. I don't yeah. know he's if he's that type of caliber player. Hmm. I don't see it. I don't. Yeah, I think he's good. Doing evaluation with you or something. That's why you're kind of going a little hard on Chris Olave. No, right I'm not now. going hard on him. If, you like him. I like him. him. I don't love him. Like him. Don't love him. If if you're a Southern California kid and Ohio State comes to recruit you, you must be the deal. You have to be the deal. Urban Meyer does not come to Southern California unless you're special. I don't I don't see special. I like him. I think he's good. I don't see special. I do think he brings a dynamic to kind of take the top off the defense. He's got good speed. Mm-hmm. I think that's where their angle is. They're looking for somebody that can take the top off the defense because they got like a lot of jitterbugs right now. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. But um, good luck, Chris yeah, I'm, I'm curious how he does – because, you know, obviously in the Big Ten, Ohio State, you know, you're going to block a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have bigger receivers. He, I think he's not just a speed guy. I think he's a routes guy, too. He's real smooth. Okay. You know, and remember, he didn't play as a junior. Right. Set the whole year out because of the transfer. Right. I saw him at the Elite 11 in person. He was there catching balls for Jack Tuttle. And I thought his film was really impressive for me. I saw a guy with a burst. But he has a polished burst. It's not just a guy who runs around aimlessly without really knowing what he's doing. He understands how to get open, okay. where to sit, all that. I think he can be a deep threat. I like him after the catch as well. I'm just curious if, uh, yeah, how he's going to handle the whole Big Ten physical, you know, all that stuff that goes on in that power conference. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, so UCLA missed out on him. Nice little segue. The guys they did get most recently was Elijah Wade out of Arborview High School in Las Vegas. Yes, sir. He is a, uh, a 6'5", 240-pound player who will play outside linebacker for them. They're running that 3-4 scheme. So I think most schools like him as a defensive end. UCLA said outside linebacker. Uh, they missed out on Malik McClain, but they did circle back and got Bo Calvert and now Elijah Wade to play that outside linebacker spot. Can he play that outside linebacker spot, you think? Is he built that way to kind of break down space? Uh, I watched his film. Right. Long, it looks like a pure defensive end. Right. 
Long arms, gets up the field, not super fluid in terms of breaking down. I'm just trying to envision him as an outside backer. Sure. Playing an Anthony Barr type role. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think that's how they're gonna use him. You think they're I think he'll be a, a rush in outside backer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how Barr plays. Yeah, he won't basically. be a, I think when you when you play that three four you, there's two outside guys. One of those guys is a designated rusher all the time. The other guy rushes three quarters of the time, yeah. a quarter of the time he drops. I think that other side guy is Jalen. And I th- who's Jalen? Jalen Hall? Is he ever going to Oregon? No. Our defensive end. Oh, Jalen Phillips. Phillips. Did you forget Phillips? You forgot Jalen's no, last name? No, man. I just know him like Jalen. Brazil- that's my he's guy. He's not a Brazilian soccer player just yet. He hasn't established. Not, not yet? A, not just yet. Number one player in the country? He, he hasn't shown it yet, has he? Coming out. Come on, man. He's not a Brazilian. He's not Pele. You he's gotta, not Pele? You've got to dominate. He's the, not uh, messy? One, he's got to get one to get that okay. one name recognition. So, Phillips on one side. Wait on the other. I don't think Calvert's going to stay on the outside. I think he will end up being an inside guy. You think Calvert's going to play as an yep. inside backer? I think he's going to play as an inside backer. I think that's how they see him. I think that's how he's going to develop as an in, more of an in, athletic inside backer. Yeah, I don't know. I think right now they view him as an outside guy. They want their inside guy as a little shorter, a little more like Javari Anderson. Remember him from Day the South a few years, a few years yeah. back? He committed to UCLA as like an inside backer. Yeah. He's six feet, 230. Right. I think they want length on the outside. And I get it. You know, I agree with what you say, pass rush guy. Yeah. More of a, you know, not a pass rush guy. But anyway, get back to Wade. Yeah. As a football yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, as, as a, a football, football player. player. What do you think? I think he's phenomenal. You like him? Oh, Lord, have mercy. You see I'm, NFL upside to this guy. I think, he, I think he's got. Could he play first, for Ohio State? No question. No question. This guy's got first round pick potential. This guy is big and fast and physical and aggressive. He's got everything you're looking for in a prototypical outside linebacker hybrid defensive end. Everything you're looking for. Everything. Everything. And I think he's going to be special, and I think they're going to have special bookends with he and Jalen Phillips in about two years. Jalen's junior year, Elijah's sophomore year, they will be special on the edges. I think – to me, I think Bo Cowher fits better in the middle. That's where, if I was coaching, that's where I'd put him. Mm. His athletic ability, his size, his strength, his hitting power, I like him in the middle. Yeah, maybe he will. We'll see, right? We'll see, we'll see how, they, uh, how they adjust. Yeah. Usually also picked up DeLon Hurt from Anaheim Survey. Interesting recruitment there. Uh, he was going to Utah, didn't sign for one reason. He loved Utah, but his dream was to play receiver. He was kind of waiting. said, I'm not going to sign. I just want to see if anyone comes along and will give me an opportunity to play at my dream position, which was receiver. Usually visited him at the school, the DB coach. He took an unofficial visit. They talked to him as a safety. And then they flipped around and said, you know what? We'll take you as a receiver. I'm not sure. Maybe they got word about Olave going to Ohio State. Yeah. Um, but they said, hey, we'll take you as a receiver. We need depth. We want four or five guys anyway. Deion Hurt, you're going to be a receiver for us. At least starting out. He literally committed almost a day after that. So he went public a few days after, but uh, I think that was kind of his dream school. Yeah. He told me if they would have said safety, he still probably would have come. No, yeah. they'll probably take the probably out. He probably would have come because it was yeah. offering the same thing as Utah yeah. was, but closer sure. to home. But Dylan Hurt is going to go to UCLA as a receiver. How do you see that one breaking down? I really like that. Yeah? I like Dylan Hurt as a football player, me first too. and foremost, as a football player. You like him better at receiver or safety? I haven't seen him much at safety, to be okay. honest. And I was a little surprised that Utah's commitment was as a, as a safety. 
I didn't that wasn't that was not where I saw him playing. I like him as a receiver. I like him in a Chip Kelly system as a receiver. He's a physical receiver. Meaning he embraces the physical side to the game. So you talk about the Chip Kelly office where you're gonna see 10 bubble screens a game. You got a guy like Delon Hurt either blocking on the perimeter mm-hmm. or catching being physical as a as a slash running back type with the ball in his hands on the outside. I like that fit. I don't like him as a safety. I don't even like the way that sounds. Hmm. It doesn't even sound good to, to my head, to my ears. The line hurt as a safety. I like him as a receiver, being a physical blocker on the perimeter, being a guy hard to tackle with a strong frame and a strong body, um, and he's got good speed. So, here's why I liked him as a safety. Go ahead. Um, and like you, I haven't seen a lot of him there. Yeah, I have. But just, just, I don't think he's a dynamic athlete. Okay. I think he's extremely physical. What right. you've said for two minutes now. Yeah. I think you, you can make a, a case, maybe one of the most physical receivers out west, top okay. two or three. Yeah. Loves contact, uh, likes to use his body to create separation, runs through guys after the catch. He, well, like running back, right? Sure. So I just envision this guy who's got a really great frame. Mm-hmm. What is he, six one? Yeah, something like that. He's six feet, six one. Yep. If, they, if they wanted to, he could be six one and two ten. Okay. With that physical nature, he's tough. He's got ball skills. He'll come up and hit you. He hasn't done it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. He'll come up and hit you. <laughs> in, yeah, my, in my I, crystal ball. Look yeah, at, look because at I've never seen that. I've never seen it, but I, no, I just, yeah, you can imagine. I value, yeah. we, we value toughness. Sure. And I just think, and as a receiver, I like my guys in that offense for Chip. Yeah. I just remember, like you mentioned, bubble screens. He'll be great blocking, but is he going to be that guy to catch it, make three guys miss? Boom, just make something happen. I just knocked your microphone over. No, it's okay. God bless Monster. Amen. To that. <laughs> I, I just I think he's gonna I think he's a good receiver. I just thought as an NFL potential guy, yeah. I just think he has all the qualities of what you're looking for and a really high level safety in terms of just the frame, the ball skills, uh, the range, the toughness, the physicality. I think he tucks up all those boxes. So yeah. I, I didn't have an issue with him being recruited as a safety. Um, but I think he's gonna be a good receiver as well. So he's a good football player. Good football player. Yeah, yeah just a good football player. So good luck to Delon at being a Bruin. Fours up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Elisha Goodry followed in the footsteps of his father, Javelin Goodry. Yeah. Uh, committed to UCLA. Um, and then we have, oh, no, remember Noah Jefferson? He's the what, USC bounce back. Right. He's committed to Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Big time D tackle going to, to Ole Miss. Uh, Kenny Churchwell, pretty good looking safety. Definitely a safety. Excuse me. He also committed to UCLA. So they got like a nice little run right now. And then we have a junior. Running back, a guy we both saw a ton, Cameron Davis from Upland High School, 2019 class. Yes, sir. I think he has pretty, uh, pretty elite game-breaking speed. He is going to the University of Washington. The Huskies do a great job with running backs. Coach Banapa over there is a, a really good evaluator, and they just develop them really well. So, if Washington likes this guy, I like this guy. I like this guy without Washington liking this guy. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Cam Davis going to UW, getting it done early. He said, you know what? He knew that's where he wanted to go. Yeah. Why wait? Yeah, no, listen, that's the approach I'm taking with my kids. If we know where we want to go, let's go there. What, what, why do we need 45 offers? Yeah. Why do we need to take 25 visits? If, if, you, if you know you want to marry Beyonce, you go after Beyonce. Why do you entertain Rihanna? I think the idea is maybe you can entertain Rihanna and then go back to Beyonce. So you got two yeah, for no, one no, deal. Beyonce, will li- she will leave. She's got other suitors. But, but what if Beyonce's always going to be there? For you at the end, 
So you got, you know, Nicole Scherzinger, you got this, you got that, you got, you know, Carrie Underwood. You like that old Scherzinger, huh? I'm a fan. You're a I am fan. a fan. I'm yeah. a fan of my wife, but Nicole yeah. Scherzinger, you She's know. She's not bad. I, I broke it down to her. I I was already married to my wife, and Nicole came at me, and I said, no. Sure. sure. It's, it's, you believe that one? Uh, uh, no, I don't, but you know what? You handled it the way you should have. So Cam Davis will have a lot of options. Yeah. As of right now, he's not, he wasn't a guy with, you know, the same amount of offers as, uh, some of the other running backs in the 19 class out west, but I think he should. I think he's a game breaker. Love him. Love yeah, him. I'm uh, a fan too. Fast, physical, size. Yeah, he's got the size. Man. Oh, he's, man. He looks like an athlete. Yeah, there's no question about it. He looks like a, a Terrell Davis. He looks like a the track ball. guy. Yeah. And he is a track. Mom ran track at UCLA. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I re- learned that recently. So, I mean, he's got track in his background, but he plays football like a football player. Yeah, really like him. Yeah, nice job, Huskies. Oof. And that's it for uh, for the most recent commitments. I mean, shoot, last time we've been on here, there's been a lot more, but that's about it for the last week and a half. There's a lot of guys on the board here. On the Steel board Keith. here. What do you want to do? How do we want to just start breaking these guys yeah, down? Yeah, just start breaking them down, man. I mean, we ain't been in the studio in a month and a half. Let's break them so down. So let's do this. So these are, these are the lists of the guys that are still out there. We're gonna, we'll, we'll talk about you know maybe where they're leaning and when they plan to announce. So today is Tuesday. we got a couple guys... Out of Arizona, we'll talk about first, and they're going to probably kind of hit the Southern California section pretty heavily with a couple of NorCal guys mixed in. But two really good players out of Arizona, they're Solomon Enos, the son of the great Curtis Enos, and then Brock Purdy, one of the fastest rising quarterbacks out West. His, he went from having a, a walk-on offer to Alabama in the early signing period to having offers from Alabama, from Texas A&M. Iowa State is all over the kid. Arizona State's coming in late on this kid. They're all coming late on Brock Purdy. He just recently visited Alabama over the weekend. Uh, and we'll kind of segue into Brevin White from Perry who also visited Alabama. And I think right now, I think Brevin's probably the, the guy. He's the priority. He's a Princeton commitment. Uh, I think he might have the, the first right of refusal, if you will. These guys have offers, but there's a difference between an offer and a committable offer. Sure. I think Brevin's the guy for them right now, but he's, man, he loves that Princeton commitment. Tigers. The Tigers, absolutely. He wants to go into investment banking. Brevin wants to go to Wall Street. He wants to be that guy to live that lifestyle, at least for a year. Yeah. But he also developed a love for football over the course of his senior year. Yeah. I feel he kind of lost a little bit of that after a, a rough junior year, but he developed it. Uh, you know, we, as we said, he would. Dean Harrington did a, did a great job with Brevin. He visited Alabama over the weekend and just kind of had his eyes opened up to the possibilities of, of Alabama and what it's like to, to go win. And, and literally, he was like this at dinner. You're Nick Saban. Yeah. I'm Brevin White. You look over, you're like, this is the greatest coach in the country, maybe the greatest college football coach ever. Yeah. And he's sitting a seat away from me telling, telling me. Brevin, I need you. Yeah. We need you. We need to you. To win another title. How, I mean, how do you, how do you, that's surreal, right? It is. That's unbelievable. It can make you think twice about going to the Ivy League. Especially because, again, Brevin's had a, it was a rough recruitment for him going back to the spring and summer. He, you know, had a couple schools that he thought, you know, that he was going to go ahead and pick. I kind of pulled the off, not pulled the offer. They took took another, another guy. Player. Sure, yeah. Oregon State. Uh, a lot of schools came back in on him. Oregon State, Boise State, uh, Minnesota yeah. came in hard. But he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm good with the whole recruiting process. I'm going to stick with Princeton. Yeah. 
But then when Nick Saban in Alabama and Tosh and that whole group comes in, they took the visit and they were just blown away. And they go go to breakfast at Saban's mansion. Yeah. You, you, you're meeting the strength coach, Coach Cochran, which I mean, he said he's, he's nuts. He said that might have been one of, the, one of the favorite parts. One of his favorite parts of the trip was sitting down with him yeah. and learning their whole strength concept, mind as much as body. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Today is Tuesday. Yeah. So I think by t- by Wednesday's show, I think I'll have an idea of what he wants to do. Stick with Princeton. And there's going to be regrets either way. Yeah. Right? This sure. is an academic kid who, who dreams of playing in the NFL, but he also has that dream of being, you know, a Princeton business grad and going in that line of work. If he chooses Princeton, he's always going to man, what if? What if I went to Bama? Yeah. And if he goes to Bama, especially if he's not playing, man, what if I just went to Princeton? The thing is, Princeton just isn't very good at football. This is true. Brevin's a pretty competitive kid, so it's... It's balancing the two. Prince is a hard place to go and, and study and play ball without football. Yeah, yeah add no football question. To the mix, so yeah, you, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. You you brought an interesting point off camera or off mic. Mm-hmm. You talked about how hey, what if Brevin goes to Bama, signs with Bama four years, and once he graduates and he's done and. Hopefully there's a football future after that, but if not, he goes to graduate school into the Ivy League. Princeton, you say he already yeah. has the grades, he already has the recommendations, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. What do you think about that route? You know, I actually brought that up, and, and he kind of said, well, shoot, if I you know, kind of renege on my commitment to Princeton, they might not want me back. And, and I'm saying this. Uh, I'm saying anybody has to understand this yeah. is Alabama football. Sure. You know what I'm saying? No question. Like, this is the best of the best. There's nothing like it. It's like going to work for Google. Oh, man. Right? Or yeah. Apple. If somebody says, hey, skip your senior year at Stanford and come be the you know, director of technology at Apple, what do you say? No? Yeah. No, I want, I'm going to go take finals and midterms. Come and, on. And, there, and there's also this thought as well as if you ever met Brevin, I mean, he's a super bright Great personality, just a great kid. Sure. And I've always felt this, and I'm not trying to downplay the Ivy League at all. I went to the Ivy League of the West Coast. I went to Cal State Fullerton. We, Harvard, <laughs> we referred to ourselves as Harvard of the West as a, kind of a joke, but it's 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 very serious actually. Fullerton at Fullerton degree. Yeah, I can imagine. Opens up every door you can imagine. It gets your shirt on inside out and the whole deal. You can walk into any Fortune 500 company with a Titan degree, and you're the front of the line, baby. But but here's the thing. I've met people with these giant MBAs and great degrees from prestigious schools. Sure. And, and they were the most inept slappies you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, they can't put together a sentence. They have no street stuttering. Smart, no yeah. people skills. Oh. So yeah, that degree will get you in, but you have seal to the sell deal. yourself. Yeah. It's you that yeah. they're going to buy. And, sure. And so Brevin is the kind of personality and just the way he is as a kid. He's a, such a great kid that whether he has a Bama degree or a Princeton degree, People are going to buy into him. Right. So my advice for Brevin, of course, I'm not giving him any advice, but no. it, it would be... If he were your kid, what would you suggest? Gosh, you know what? I, I That's tough. That is so tough. He, you got AJ, you got a kid. Yeah. If he were your kid, he was in this situation. Oh, man. What would be your recommendation? <sighs> I don't know. I think that's how he feels. Yeah, no, I, he, I think he does feel yeah. like he doesn't. What would you do? 
I would tell my son, I would say go to Princeton. Yeah. I would say go to Princeton because Prince, my job is to develop him socially. Princeton's going to develop him academically and business-wise. I think that's a no-lose situation. Mm-hmm. Going to Bama sounds great, feels great, probably is great. But it ain't Princeton. It's not a 50-year deal. There's no guarantee you're going to get into business school as in your graduate degree. Love Scott Cochran. Love Coach Saban. Love my guy Tosh Lupoy. But my kid's going to the Ivy League yeah. at that point. That, how do you lose? You you already talked about Brevin and how great of a kid he is. Mm-hmm. He's a people's person. Very well spoken. So he's got that part covered. Yeah. Now you put a Princeton degree behind that type of kid emotionally, socially. I think you have a no-lose situation. And hey, you're his dad. You don't have to worry about much kind of moving forward. Going to Bama, you go up there and get your head dinged in. Next thing you know, you got concussions. Who knows? No, that's that's a great point. I mean, that's a that's beside the point of shoot. Do I even want my kid playing football? Yeah, but, sure. But I would say this: if your dream, your ultimate dream, if I were to sit down with AJ, yeah, and I said AJ, and obviously we would pray about this, and, sure. And I would say, what is your dream? Yeah. And if he said, Dad, it's NFL. Then you say and, go to Bama. And if I don't at least pursue this, sure. I will regret it for the rest of my life. Sure. Versus, well, eh, I kind of want to go to Princeton because of this, but it's not full heart, body, soul, mind, yeah. it's all in. I I would say go to Bama then. But if that's your dream and you're going to look back, because my whole thing is I don't want to ever do anything and look back and regret it. And sure. Say, God, I wish I would have done this. What you're going to regret more? If it's going to... To Princeton, and and you're gonna look back and say, "Dude, I never gave myself a chance to make it to the NFL." Yeah. Because no disrespect to Princeton, you're not gonna go to the NFL from Princeton. Probably not. I, I, I'm sure there's probably some stati- Stati- statistics. I always go. struggle with that word. It's all right. I'm sure there's been players that have gone, but the reality is, I it, think Golden West Junior College would probably beat Princeton in football. Wow. Golden West has a pretty good team. Yeah. I just think, man, what is the best thing? For you, it could be Ivy League, but that's that's a rough one. That's a lot of Brevin White. We got we went from Brock Purdy talking about Brevin. So Brock has great options as well. Um, I thought Iowa State might be the place for him, but I think Brock is. I think Brock really loves. Uh, I think he really loves Alabama, and he's hoping that he'll have that committable offer. So we'll see what happens with him. So we move over to a guy named Elijah Griffin. Oh. Gee. Are we done with the quarterbacks for a second? I think we're done with the quarterbacks. Let's go to it. So OG also always comes back to Alabama. It's like with that Kevin Bacon thing, what they call it? Five shades of Kevin Bacon or something? Yes, yeah, something like that. Something. It always comes back to him. Bacon. So he visited Alabama this past weekend as well. Oh, yeah. Officially. He is down to USC, Oregon, and Tennessee. His first visit was to Tennessee, and that just blew him away. Loved it. Loved it. Then he visited USC. Then he visited Oregon and then Bama. Every visit he takes, he says, this is the place. He loves every school he takes. Tennessee, though, I feel like it's they're, they're kind of doing more than just kind of hanging around. Jeremy Pruitt, who was the former D.C. at Alabama, they just won a national title. He's now the head coach at Tennessee. He came in for a home visit last week 
And Pops told me, he goes, man, this guy really knows his you-know-what. Yeah. He goes, man, I get, I get it. I get football in the SEC. They develop kids. Man, it's big-time football out there. USC is the school that everybody close to OG says, he's not going to leave Southern California. Family wants him here. End of the day, he's going to SC. I'll tell you what, though, man. And I got my little crystal ball to SC right now still. Yeah. It's getting fuzzy for me. It's getting cloudy Ooh, is the term. Cloudy. I really think that Tennessee and Alabama have a chance in this one. Family's number one thing in the school right now is where can my son develop the most as a football player, specifically as a cover corner. Sure. NFL is the dream. Where can my son go? What school gives me that best opportunity? Sure. Obviously, all four of those schools can get him to the NFL. He's that gifted. They love Dante Williams at Oregon. That's how they were able to get the visit. Dante sure. came in and said, hey, come take the visit. And he said, sure. So he did it. And Oregon is definitely in it. But just kind of reading the, reading the, you know, the lines a little bit, I think it's either USC or one of the two SEC, SEC schools. And I think it's pretty close. I think it's closer than people think. Tennessee needs corners. Jeremy Pruitt is a great coach. Terrific defensive mind. Just won a national title as a defensive coordinator. Alabama speaks for itself. They got the best DB coach that's ever lived, right? Nick Saban. Yeah. He's the best DB coach that's ever lived. I've had a chance to spend time with Coach Saban these two last off seasons in the summer and, and sit and talk with him and even watch him at camps coaching. I mean, he's phenomenal. Oregon, Dante Williams. We all know he's a terrific recruiter. Does a great job developing DBs. It's going to be very interesting to see if Elijah Griffith wants to leave California and then choose between two SEC schools or Oregon. Tennessee needs him. Alabama wants him. Oregon, they're just kind of, I think they're in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if they need him necessarily right now. I know that they want him. But I, I think it's going to end up between those two SEC schools. I got a sneaky feeling. Because the other kids who are visiting Alabama, like Patrick Sertain, Isaac Taylor Stewart, they got some big-time corners still yeah. kind of in the mix. I think it's GBO, Go Big Orange. I'm going crystal ball, even though I don't do these crystal ball deals. <laughs> right? And I'm going to give you flack about that in a little while. But I'm going to go GBO, Go Big Orange for Elijah Griffin. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. I think that's where he's going to go. At all. And, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think you just mentioned him, Isaac Taylor Stewart. So let's talk about him. He also just visited um, Alabama over the weekend. I know he loved it there. Uh, USC is heavily in the mix. I believe he's going to visit Tennessee this coming weekend. He had a great visit to Texas A&M. That was like his early leader. That sure. staff is gone, but he's also uh, he's already reconnected reconnected with the new staff. So uh, his recruitment is probably one of the most unpredictable. For me to figure out, because he's a pretty unpredictable kid. Yeah. Part of me says, ah, in the day he's going to stay home, go to SC. Part of me says, you know what? I could see him going to Bama or AM. Right, right. So, I mean, that's, I have not made a crystal ball pick for its. I don't think I will. You know what? You're not the first person I've heard say that. He's a little bit of a different kid. He's kind of hard to get a hold of, kind of hard to read. He's got terrific options, he's got an unbelievable skill set. His potential is as high as anybody in the country, regardless of position. It'll be interesting. I got a feeling he's going to be at USC. I know he's high on them. They're yeah. high on him. 
and they got a lot of kids in this recruiting class who are recruiting him to be a Trojan. Isaac Taylor Stewart, that's my crystal ball pick, ending up in Southern California. Let's stay with the DB theme. Got Julius Irvin is actually going to be announcing Wednesday night. I want to say five o'clock ish. So we've got a final three: uh, Alabama, USC, and Washington. His recruitment has been kind of fascinating. He almost committed and signed to Notre Dame in the early period. He backed off that. Uh, he was almost going to commit to USC, decided not to. Then he was almost going to commit to Washington, did not. Then he took a visit to Alabama, loved it. They made a full court press. I'm now hearing it's probably going to be USC and Washington. And all signs are now pointing toward the Huskies for Julius Irvin. Wow. Which is ironic because when we talked to him, I won't say when we had him in studio, but we didn't have him in studio. No, we, we, we had him on phone. That's right. That doesn't sound good, though. Yeah, it's okay. But... I, th- I remember saying I kind of got a UW vibe a little bit from I him. I definitely did. Jimmy Lake, the DB coach, is, is probably right now kind of regarded as the best DB coach slash recruiter out West. Does a phenomenal job. And as of right now, today, the day before, it does sound like Washington has a great chance sure. to swoop in and land Julius Irvin as a kind of a combo corner safety. Start off as a corner and see how it goes there. But that'd be a great pickup for Washington. They typically don't win too many head-to-head battles with USC on a Southern California kid, and then for Alabama to come in and make a push and UW still kind of win that one, that'd be just a huge, huge coup for the Huskies. Yeah, it just sounds like these kind of core three or four schools are all fighting for their core kind of four or five top defensive backs, right? Uh, Washington, I think, is a terrific fit, though. Jimmy Lake, great coach, terrific city, awesome school, um, fantastic playing environment there in Seattle. Julia Irvin, a big-time player, will have a tremendous college career and will go on to the NFL unless something unforeseen happens. Yeah. Um, so another player that's kind of looking at those same schools, different position, but is Devin Williams, the big wide receiver at Antelope Valley. He is basically down to USC and Oregon. He visited Oregon over the weekend. He was a long-time Oregon lean, and then he visited USC. Oh, and USC kind of, they kind of took it to him a little bit. That's kind of what they do. They made a, a strong push. He was hearing from everybody, you got to come to USC. JT Daniels is all over the guy. He goes to the Polynesian Bowl and all the USC commits are all over the guy. And there was some buzz that he was kind of leaning toward USC. Then he just visited Oregon over the weekend. I think maybe some of that USC buzz might have worn off a little bit. He might now be back to maybe either an Oregon lean or at best, uh, if you're a, a, a USC fan, probably 50-50 now. Yeah. Which I think if you're USC, you take, right? Yeah. You'll, you'll take 50-50 yeah. on an in-state local kid with two weeks to go. So I've always thought Oregon. I know USC is pushing hard. I don't know. That one's a, that'll be a signing day decision Yeah. for Devin Williams. I don't know which way to go. I'm kind of leaning a little bit toward Oregon still. But, man, I've seen this movie... Several times. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, I've seen that movie before. SC where he kind of swoops in. You, you see, think a guy's gonna gonna head elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, the night before, Juju Smith was going to Oregon. Oh. Night before, Herschel Dennis was going to Oregon. Oh, okay. Night before, a lot of kids are gonna go somewhere. Yeah. And you wake up to wake up that morning, and you're like, ugh, do I want to leave? And USC just has this way. Yeah. It's like Star Wars. It's the Force. Yeah. Just sucks you in. Tradition. I think it's that. It's, it's you know they they really do a good job of pushing 
um, you know, after football, sure. networking, you want to live in Southern California, alumni, alumni sure. support. So I, I think USC is going to really go all in for these last two weeks before signing day. I think it's going to be, it'll be tough for the kid to, to leave, I think, home. But I know Oregon, man, they've been, they've been going strong for a long time on him. Yeah, they have. And, you know, they added dynamic recruiter um, in Dante Williams. So, you know, Oregon, SC, it's going to be a signing day decision, like yeah. you said. I got a feeling, though. I got a feeling the kid's going to stay home. You think so? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that would not shock anyone. Yeah. Um, Tanner McKee has six schools still on his list, although I think it's more like three or four. Okay. Um, so he's done with visits. His most recent one was to Stanford. Uh, BYU was in the mix. Sure. Alabama is in the mix. Yeah. Texas, Texas A&M, and Washington. I think that's six. Yeah. So of those schools... I don't really see Texas. Um, I don't really see AM, although Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher came right in yeah. in his home, right? He got that job at AM. He came right in. Alabama, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I see Tanner there, although he loved that visit as well. Right. BYU's the church school. We talked about it a thousand times. He's going to go on a mission right out of high school. Stanford is the school that I'm kind of leaning to a little bit for him. Right. He has never told me anything like that. It's just, just kind of reading the. You know, kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit. I, I do feel like it's going to come down to, to maybe Washington, um, Stanford, and then I, BYU. That was my early leader, but I feel like they've kind of tailed off a little bit. Yeah. But remember, he, we'll have to go through this whole thing again in two years sure. from now. He comes back to that letter of intent, null and void. He can go anywhere, right. wherever he wants. But uh, I kind of feel like Stanford just a little bit. He kind of seemed like a Stanford kind of a kid. I know he loved his visit. That's kind of my where I'm leaning. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's Stanford. I think I think it's always been Stanford for me. I think he's a terrific fit. But like you said, though, this recruitment is going to take place again in two years after he finishes his mission. Everybody's going to be recruiting him again. Maybe still, maybe the best player on the board across the country. Yeah, that's left, right? Yeah, he's darn good, man. Patrick Sertain's pretty good too. Yeah, this is true. I, w- I would put him up there. Yeah. Uh, Solomon Solo Tuliapupu Modern Day High School I believe he'll also be a signing day de- Tanner's going to be a signing day decision throwing that out there I think Solo also will be a signing day decision he's down to a threesome USC UCLA locally Notre Dame nationally I've always felt USC that was his most recent visit he's got a couple teammates JT Daniels Amon Ross St. Brown already going to USC I would be really really surprised if he goes anywhere else uh you know, talked to the Pops after the UCLA visit, and they said they really liked it there. Everyone kind of keeps mentioning uh, with UCLA is our strength and conditioning program. They got a new yeah. a new deal. And obviously, that's always been a big thing for Chip Kelly, not just the strength, but the nutrition deal. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, is a great school, national program. But I, I, I see Solo probably staying locally. And like I said, right now, I'd be surprised if it's not USC. Yeah, I mean, when you see the picture of him wearing that, vaunted that legendary number 55 USC jersey with so many great players Junior Seau Chris Claiborne Mm. have worn in the past I mean I can just imagine what that feels like as a middle linebacker especially a Polynesian middle linebacker to put on that 55 and stand in front of the Coliseum and have a photo op I mean you must feel indestructible and so if I gotta put a crystal ball up big time USC I'm going 100% I don't think Notre Dame has a shot 
I don't think UCLA has a shot. SC, it will be for solo Tulia Pupu. Yeah. Staying with the linebackers team, we got Merlin Robertson. He's down to a- uh, ASU. Arizona State, ASU, um, and Illinois. Sure. He just visited Illinois this past weekend. And tell you what, man, he really, really loved it. I, I, I thought ASU was a slam dunk. AP Antonio Pierce, that's his guy. Sure. It's close to home. All the things that I thought you know, were most important for him. But then he went to Illinois, and, and I could tell he was he's really thinking about Illinois. He loves Hardy Nickerson. Sure. You know, Lovey Smith. A couple of NFL guys right Absolutely. there that are going to be coaching him. Uh, he said he connected really well with the players. So he said the decision for him is going to probably come down to, you know, does he want to leave home or not? Yeah. And obviously ASU isn't home, but it's closer than Illinois. It's a drive versus a flight. But he said, you know, part of me, you know, kind of thinks it'd be good to stay close to home. My family can come see me, but I also kind of want to get away. Yeah. Like I'm, he's like, he, I'm that guy. I kind of want to go get independence elsewhere. And man, Merlin's the kind of, I could see him saying, you know, what? I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to the Midwest and play for Hardy Nickerson. And I, I think Illinois has got a shot. I'm still, I would still lean toward ASU. Yeah. But I do think Illinois has got a shot for sure. No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Merlin doesn't strike me. And I'm the only kid for all four years of high school. He doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to follow somebody else's lead. He's going to stand on his oh, own, yeah. too. He's going to make his own decision. Uh, I don't think you can kind of throw trends out the door with him. I think you can also throw out some of the uh, characteristics that ASU has in terms of location. I don't know how much that matters for him. He's a kid that's going to you know, he's gonna stand on his own shelf. He's going to make his own decision. And I think he might want to challenge himself and go out of state. On the flip side of that, we know how important it is to play in front of your family. We know how important it is, proximity is, uh, your school to your family and your family being able to come out to see you play. You be you being able to come home on a drive, mm-hmm. right, versus coming home on a flight. So Merlin Robertson, I think it's going to be an ASU deal, but will not be shocked if the Illini pick him up. Yeah, I mean, plus AP is huge. They, he, they know each other. Sure. And I think Merlin, his big thing is trust. He wants to go where he feels that he can trust the coach, will take care of him. And he definitely feels that way with, feels that way with AP. Hardy Nickerson as well, but I think AP, I mean, they already have that connection. Uh, Ashari Crosswell, Ashari Long Beach Crosswell. Poly kid. Also, I think, a pretty strong ASU lean. Uh, that's the only visit he has taken, I think, in a while. I think he visited Nebraska and I want to say Washington State. Sure. But again, AP, that's his coach from high school. Right. And he told me, you know what? He goes, AP took care of me in my, in my one year at Poly. He goes, he's a guy that I know if I'm in college, I can always go to him. Sure. And if you're going to go to out of state school, you kind of need to have that feeling that the guy is going to be looking out for you. So, Ashari Crosswell, I'm thinking, is an ASU lean, and I could see him popping at any time now. Could happen right now as we're talking. It could. I got a question for you. Did the NCAA or did they not pass a rule that when your coach gets hired from a high school to a college that players can't follow him? If or? you're hired as in a support staff role. Gotcha. If you're an actual position coach, okay. you can follow. But if AP got hired to be like a quality control or sure. one of like the recruiting assistants, sure. then they couldn't follow him. Gotcha. If you're an actual position coach, okay. then that, that's yeah, that's the that's the that's the rule. Yeah, well Crosswell, go do your thing, man. Up in Tempe. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We got Jeremiah Martin. Just talked to him yesterday. He's got a visit to Washington this coming weekend. He's down to the Huskies, A&M, Oregon, and Oklahoma. So I've kind of had him leaning toward A&M for a long time now. Sure. He had a great visit there. I really liked it. Um, Oklahoma is going in. He has, I think, four coaches going to watch his basketball game 
last night. Yep. It was actually a Monday night, so two nights ago. Uh, Oregon was also at the basketball game, Coach Levitt. And then Washington. And Washington's sneaky. Mm. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Washington is, is kind of like is similar to USC in a way. They kind of just hang around, hang around, and then they get you. They, they kind of come in late. Yeah. They're getting that last visit. Okay. I know he likes Coach Peterson. He's going to love the official visit there. And I would not be surprised. Like right now, going into this visit, I would say AM's the leader team to beat. But I would not. He's also going to be a signing day decision. I could see Washington giving him a lot to think about three days before he decides. You dub. I, that would not surprise me, man. No, wouldn't surprise me. Love you, dub, for him. AM, not sure how much that of a fit that is. I think the sneaky theme is Oklahoma. They're in there. I think that they're sneaking around the chicken coop. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me tell you, Coach Riley has done a terrific job already bringing in some top-notch recruits across the country. Don't fall asleep on Oklahoma. I know that they love Jeremiah Martin specifically playing that outside linebacker kind of role, defensive end, and uh, he fits their scheme really well. I know he loved his trip there. Look out for the Sooners. Absolutely. Like I said, they came in four strong with the head coach Monday night. Yeah. I think AM, the one thing they have, in, have going for them is the one coach they kept was the defensive line coach, who he had that relationship with already, Coach Price. And then Jimbo Fisher came into his house literally the week he got that job. So right. they're prioritizing him quite a bit. Help Michael Ezekiel. Yeah. He was an Oregon commit. Oh. Backed off. Yeah. In the coaching change. Right. A lot of buzz for UCLA right now, Coach. I can confirm Remember that. Jordan Matthews, uh, receiver for the Eagles. Absolutely. Remember who coached uh, the Eagles a few years ago? Is the same guy who's coaching UCLA right now. It's Jimmy Doherty? What's his name? Chip Kelly. Oh, okay. They went in to do a little home visit with Michael Ezekiel, and he said, hey, Jordan Matthews, he was a big 6'5 receiver like yourself. He was yeah. 200 this. They said tight end in high school. Look at his num- numbers when I was with the Eagles head coach. I didn't look it up. Yeah. But I was told they were pretty good. So that's what they're selling to Ezekiel. Stay close to home. Yeah. He wants you as a receiver. Forget this tight end stuff that Greg Biggins has been talking about all year. Forget that. We need a big physical receiver like you. You're going to fit our offense. That's their speech. Oregon wants him bad. Sure. He was an Oregon commit. Absolutely. They want four or five receivers. They've already got, a, they've already got two already. Yeah. They feel like Michael Ezekiel puts them over the top. Ooh. And Ole Miss is going to get a visit a visit out of him this weekend. Wow, Ole Miss just... I don't see him going to I don't, Ole Miss. I don't either. I don't either. So let's just focus on Oregon and UCLA. Yeah. Right now. Yep. What do you think, Coach? I Give me your crystal ball. I'm going to give you my crystal ball. Let me break it down real quick. UCLA, that was his dream school when recruiting started. He loved UCLA, wanted to be a Bruin. Things change. Things happened, began to love Oregon, committed to Oregon. Things happened, things changed. Back to UCLA, crystal ball pick, Michael Ezeike, one of my favorite players in all of Southern California at 6'5", 210, and freakishly long UCLA Bruins. I think he's that final wide receiver that they're going to bring in, and I love he and Brian Addison – on the outside, opposite of one another, Delon Hurt in the slot, Chase Coda, Kyle Phillips, Kyle Phillips. Ooh, it might get freaky in Westwood, baby. Got your boy Casimir Allen on the backfield. Casimir Allen, DTR, 
slanging and toting. Yeah, UCLA needs some weapons pretty badly. Yeah, no so doubt. So Ezekiel, I, I believe he will also be a signing day decision. Although uh, with him, uh, it's always tough to to get much out of him. He he could decide tomorrow, but he took an unofficial visit to UCLA on Sunday. Sure. So he was just there and did the whole photo shoot thing. Yeah. Those are always nice. Yeah, yeah. So Tyler Manoa, Army All-American from up in Northern California, he is basically d- down to UCLA and Utah. Uh, Oregon could still get a visit, uh, although I think they've dropped out a bit. I think it's going to come down to just UCLA and Utah. He visited U- Utah this past weekend. He's already been to UCLA. Uh, UCLA is a pretty overwhelming leader right now. And I think he might be a signing day decision as well. But uh, right now it looks like UCLA is going to probably end up with Tyler Manoa. They need him as a defensive end. 6'5", like 275, real long. They want, Again, if you're going 3-4, you yeah. watch some length with those defensive ends. And sure. The key thing with with him is he may do what Tanner McKee is doing, which is going on, on an LDS mission right out of high school. Hmm. Although there's some talk he could play a year and then do it. Yeah. So, But right now, uh, Tyler Manoa, really good-looking defensive lineman with a lot of length and some, some talent. Looks like he could be a, another UCLA lean along with a couple other guys that we've mentioned. So UCLA has a chance to close pretty strongly right now. Absolutely. How about Jarrett Patterson, offensive lineman from Michigan? Yeah, what is one of the most fascinating recruitments for me to follow? Because at different points, he's kind of come, I don't want to say full circle. So Arizona State commit, backed off after the coaching change. Sure. UCLA jumped in. We all thought, man, UCLA done deal. Visited Michigan, fell in love with the place, loved it, loved the connection, loved Coach Drevno, loved Coach Harbaugh. Really really bond well with the offensive lineman on that visit. Right. So he's Michigan or UCLA. He's kind of going back and forth, and I'm thinking he's going to Michigan. Notre Dame offers him late, and I talked to him a little bit before the trip. He goes, yeah, and you know Notre Dame. It's one of those schools you have to visit, right? But I don't get the sense that he had really a serious interest. Sure. Then he visited. And... Blew him away. Blew him away. Yep. As, again, Notre Dame. When they were Jarrett, and I think it's, this is more, more for linemen than most other positions, but... I think they want to feel comfortable with other like-minded linemen. Sure. And at Michigan and Notre Dame, those are the two schools I think he bonded better with the football players, specifically the the big uglies up front. He really bonded with those guys better than anywhere else. And so Notre Dame is a serious player right now in this one. In fact, I would not be surprised if Notre Dame may has even taken a little bit of a lead over Michigan if he decides to leave. Yeah. UCLA, I thought, was running third. He visited UCLA on Saturday, and again, the thing that he talked about was the strength and conditioning program. Wow. And they have a unique program, I guess, that's specific for each position. And so I think he also was able to talk a little bit more to to Chip Kelly. And and when he visited UCLA officially, the staff had just kind of come together. Right. I don't think uh, organizationally they were that strong at that point. It's kind of like if you just moved into a house. Absolutely. You got boxes everywhere. everywhere. Absolutely. You know. You're unorganized. And I think that's kind of what the, the feel he got out of UCLA. I think now he kind of sees it, you know, a little bit little bit better. So I think it's close. I think I would not be surprised with any of the three selections. Um, again, gut, maybe a little bit of a UCLA lean, but Notre Dame, I think, is super intriguing for him. He has no issue at all leaving home. Yeah. None. Yeah. Doesn't care about the weather. None. But uh, 
Yeah, I think I think he could pop any time. I don't think he's a signing day. He, in fact, he told me he doesn't want to wait till signing day. He, he might do it later on this week or even by the weekend. So Jarrett Patterson, you pretty see, good. You pretty see good a crystal player. ball pick? Um, I, you know it is, but I literally that's from a long. I never changed okay, it. Okay, okay. I was always gonna make him cloudy. Yeah, <laughs> we can make our picks cloudy if we don't. If we don't. If we're not I, sure. But I hear you. I'd rather just like not even do one. If I'm gonna make it cloudy. Uh, yeah, who are you telling? So, but uh, another lineman, Jarrett Bell. He's also gonna be not also, but he is gonna be a signing day decision. He's at a Norco High School. He recently visited Arizona State, and uh, it's kind of like the Sun Devils in Nebraska. Wow. Jarrett Bell. Those are kind of his final okay. two, although there's some schools kind of coming in. I guess Oregon visited uh, Jordan Campbell at the facility Yeah, sure. Uh, recently. Oregon could jump in there. Um, a few other schools are kind of sniffing around a little bit, but I, I do think it's it's Nebraska. Again, I had him earmarked for Nebraska, and then he loved his ASU trip. He really liked it there a lot, and opportunity to play early. I mean, they have uh, really lacked depth on the offensive line at ASU. Yeah. But Nebraska's got that tradition. Loves the new staff, loves Coach Frost. So I'm kind of still leaning a little bit towards Nebraska. But again, I think Bell is a guy who I could see him wanting to be a little closer to home. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. That one's pretty close. Offensive linemen are usually like that. Arizona State, they have a longstanding history with the IE, yep. the Inland Empire. Only a few hours away. Definitely could see him being a Sun Devil. Like you said, signing day decisions. Probably going to sign that scholarship. Uh, at the Winter Circle facility, so I'll be looking forward to see how that all plays out. And like you mentioned, uh, Cole Cabral, this is something that, uh, that I was told, Cole Cabral, who's a starting tackle for ASU, is a really close friend of his. Oh. They want Jared to come in and play guard right next to his buddy, Cole Cabral. So whether that's just a recruiting pitch or not, again, yeah. it's, it's saying, hey, dude, we got a spot for you right now. We need you to come in and play early. New staff, it's always a level playing field, right? No question. So Jordan Porter, also a signing day decision. He's going to AM this weekend. He is basically looking at ASU. He's looking at Tennessee. UCLA is involved. Nebraska is kind of involved. That's a tough call. ASU was the runner-up. Yeah. For him. It's kind of a, it's an interesting group of, of schools. You got the SEC. Everyone loves his speed. Sure. He's got he's got legitimate. He'll run to 10-4 this year. So that's why you got AM and and Tennessee. Really going all in for him. Uh, UCLA, he visited unofficially over the weekend. They're actually still making a big push. They want like maybe five receivers. So yeah. that's an option for him still. I, I don't know if I necessarily see him um, at Nebraska. I think I mentioned them. They're they're going to be one of the schools for him because they never took his official visit there. Right. If I'm just kind of reading it, I think it's probably ASU. Maybe Tennessee. Right. He loved Tennessee. He really loved that Tennessee visit. And then UCLA is, is another local option for him that he can just say, you know what? I'll just stay here. This has been one of the most fascinating recruitments for me of the year. I know he was leaning ASU, committed to Notre Dame, yeah. backed off Notre Dame, had a huge UCLA buzz. Now it's talking SEC. Now you're talking, you know, Big Ten. I don't know which way he's going to go, Greg. Interested to find out, kind of, is he a signing day decision as he's well? He's going to sign on the uh, Fox Sports On the Fox Sports deal? Show, Are you yeah. doing that show? I am. Okay, that sounds awesome. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be notified then, but G. Orton Porter, like you said, is going to run 10-4. He's got big-time speed. 
Uh, he's outran the entire recruiting process this thus far. He's done a nice job of keeping us all in the dark. <laughs> yeah, there's no question sure. about it. So we'll see how that thing plays out. Yeah, so again, A&M this weekend gets that last final impression. Uh, another guy who's going to actually announce on that Fox show is Andre Hunt, the receiver from Paraclete. I don't know why I keep spitting all over you, Coach. I'm no, sorry about no, that. No, you're good, man. I don't care who knows about it. I'm going to apologize. So Oregon State, he just visited. He loved it. He's got Nebraska this weekend. Also has visited San Diego State. So those are his final three. Right now, I would give Oregon State the lead. Right. Going into his Nebraska trip. And I think Nebraska, if they really wow him, I think that could be the school for him. Nebraska. Nebraska for I, I Andre could, I could see if, if, if he goes there and likes it and they make a big push. and Sure. I think it could be Nebraska for Mr. Andre Hunt. Former Wait. USC yep. commit. Then he backed off, and yeah, those are his final three right now. Nebraska, they need playmakers on the outside. They're known for recruiting the West Coast in specific. Southern California, Andre Hunt is a guy that can get vertical behind the defense. It's a good fit for Coach Scott Frost and Nebraska staff. Lincoln should be thrilled that he's considering going there. If he ends up there, I think it's a, it's a good deal for both sides. Got a few more guys to go. Let's do it. A few more guys. We've got Jermaine Lole from Long Beach Poly. Uh, Washington State was kind of an early leader. And then ASU got involved. And then his high school head coach took over at ASU. His name is Antonio Pierce. And right now, I would be shocked if Jermaine Lole goes anywhere other than ASU. ASU, I'm with you. Crystal ball pick. He could pop anytime. No question. He could pop right now. Uh, Joshua Gray from Ranch Cucamonga. He was set to commit to Oregon State. Sure. And then he visited ASU this past weekend, oh. and he loved it there. Nice. So he said now he's kind of torn. He's got to have uh, – he wants to commit this week. So he's got both those two schools are going to be coming in home. Uh, Josh will get really light, about 245. Yeah. Oh. Real athletic. Yeah, O-line kid. O-line kid from yep. Ranch Cucamonga. Real athletic, though. He might be one of the most athletic guys. He's going to need to add on you know, at least 40 pounds. So yeah. he's you know probably a redshirt guy. But Absolutely. Man, you're looking at linemen. The first thing I'm looking at is feet. No question. Everyone's big, but I want to. I want guys that can move. No question. Matthew Tago, uh, one of my favorite guys. So he visited Nebraska. That's the one school. They actually want him as a quarterback. Really? Yeah. So he's down to three. Uh, Oregon State and Utah are both saying outside linebacker. Yeah. Nebraska said quarterback. They want him to run the Scott Frost Spread offense. offense. Yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. So he's going to commit this Saturday, and those are the three right now. So uh, again, my uh, my crystal ball is kind of cloudy. I think it's uh, you know I think it can go any of those directions, and he's also kind of plays it pretty close to the vest. I know he loved the Utah and the Oregon State trip. I had not spoken to him after the Nebraska trip, which he just took this past weekend. But yeah. uh, again, I think it could be any of those three. And it just kind of—he he, he basically said, hey, I don't, "Position doesn't really matter to me." So I assume I go, "Hey, so it's quarterback? That kind of like your dream position?" He goes, "Not, not really. Yeah. I'll, I'll play anywhere." But it just happens to be that they want him as a quarterback, and he'll do whatever. Darian Butler. Darian Marvel Butler. High school. He's going to visit ASU this weekend. Sure. And this visit was rescheduled twice, so I hope that uh, this visit happens this weekend. And again, barring something weird happening, I think Darian Butler to ASU looks like a pretty close to a done deal. Again, the AP connection is strong in that one. Yeah, Darian Butler, a guy we've raved about on the show mm-hmm. throughout our first season. Big time middle linebacker. He'll knock your head off. Yeah, and he won't help you up afterwards. <laughs> and uh, it's counter his partner in crime, Raymond Scott, already at USC. I can see Darian Butler playing for AP Herm Edwards in Tempe. Good fit both sides. I like it. I like it too, and that is it, Coach Keith. Coach, that's an hour and ten minutes of recruiting. We went an hour and ten? 
Then we said this would be a half hour show. <laughs> we did we say doubled, that. Doubled it and then some change. But that's all right. You know what? A lot of great stuff. Updated the entire world on where these kids are at, where they're going, where they're thinking about going, who they decommitted from, who hmm. they're committed to, and uh, who they're going to flip on come signing day. So, uh, no, great stuff, man. Before we let you go, we got to remind you about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. I, I applaud yeah, you. Yeah, man. Let's close this out. Yeah, close absolutely. Out. So we were going to bring you an interview. We're not going to do that. We're going to save that interview for the next show. Tune back in Friday as we talk about the landscape of high school football here in Southern California. We're talking coaching movement. One coach ends up here. One coach ends up there. This coach leaves. That coach leaves. We're talking transfers. Guys popping up all over the place at new schools. And we're talking recruiting for the 2019 class. Be on the lookout for that. We appreciate you taking this ride with us. It's the Transparent Truth, baby. Follow us. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow my guy, at Greg Biggins. Follow me, Coach Keith underscore MP on Twitter. We appreciate you. We're going to close this baby out. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.